You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin, and my name is J.J. Leahy. Gil's a writer for thesportsdaily.com and Cheesehead TV, and in addition to this podcast, I host the Daily Cheese Green Bay Packers News Update. We're here to talk Packers because we're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Guiding you through the offseason from free agency to the draft and all the way to OTAs, We've got you covered. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, hit us up on Twitter at JJ Leahy or at Kilpackers, or you can email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. All right, it is very late at night. Uh, the first round of the draft is over. Gil and I stayed up until after the Packers picked at 29, so we could deliver to you our thoughts on the newest Green Bay Packer, who is, drumroll please, Cornerback, Eric Stokes, Georgia. There you go. All right, Gil, what do you think? Good pick? Well, I I did expect them to take a cornerback in the first Mm -hmm. round, uh, and I expected them to take a cornerback with the physical traits that Stokes has. He's six foot one, uh, about 190 pounds. Uh, To me, they were looking for the taller, lankier, uh, kind of cornerback to go opposite Jair Alexander. So this part of it, I certainly expected. I didn't hear a lot of people talking about Stokes as a possible Packers pick uh, before the draft. And to be honest with you, I was surprised that Brian Gutekunst stayed at 29. But, uh, you know, I think this is a reasonable pick. I'm not doing cartwheels of joy, but I'm not baffled and angry like a lot of people were a year ago. All right. 13 hours ago, some genius on Twitter named uh, JJ Leahy (laughs) tweeted out, I feel like they're taking Eric Stokes and I'm just not I'm just not excited about him at all. So now (laughs) I get to tell you all why you should be excited about him. So (laughs) first of all, let's uh, let me just state for the record. My track record over the last couple of years when it comes to the Packers first round picks, um, I seem to be I seem to have like a reverse superpower. Um, I put together like a really short list every year of like, who do I not want? And for the last three years, the Packers have taken Rashawn Gary, who was on that list. Jordan Love who was on that list. And now Eric Stokes who's on that list. So um, I'm. Just going to go ahead and own up that um, I'm not the best at that part of it. And the things that I see about those players before the draft that makes me not crazy about them. um, They don't end up aging very well. Rashawn Gary looks like a pretty awesome pick for the Packers. I love him a lot. Um, Definitely um, very much a fan of the Jordan Love pick now a year removed. Uh, going to take me a, a couple weeks and you know, a lot of film watching here to really get excited about Eric Stokes. But the Packers clearly saw some stuff that they were uh, super excited about. And look, today there were a lot of reasons to take a you know, different, different position, take a wide receiver. We're going to have to 
touch on the Aaron Rodgers thing um, at some point on this podcast, but you know, really? placating placating your quarterback is <laughs> is a a real thing, and the Packers decided not to do that. They decided to be the Packers. So, all right, let's dig into Eric Stokes because, as you said, he was not getting mocked to the Packers hardly at all. Um, let's figure out what kind of player he is. We'll okay. start with PFF here. PFF was not high on Eric Stokes. They ranked him as a fourth round pick that is not the same as him being a fourth round projection he was a late first early second projection uh pretty much everywhere that i saw this is just pff took a look at him and they kind of tossed out everybody else's opinions and just said all right our opinion is we probably would take him in the fourth round they rated him good in coverage uh, in 20, 2020, interestingly, was his worst year out of the three years he played in college. And he he didn't play uh, very many games. He played nine games in 2020, obviously, due to COVID. Got to imagine that COVID was also a factor in probably why his performance this past year didn't live up to what he was in the previous two years when he was an extremely good corner. Uh, PF also mentions his biggest strength is press experience and his biggest weakness is change of direction. In 2020, he forced two incompletions. Um, he did have two missed tackles. Average depth of target was 9.4 yards. Uh, the only other, um, really noticeable thing that stands out is that they rate him just average in run defense. But he's a corner, so I mean, if you're drafting a corner for his run defense, you're you're going about it the wrong way. <laughs> Here's something to be excited about Stokes for. First of all, he's really young, only 22 years old. Also, dude is blazing fast. Very right? four fast. two nine four yeah. two nine forty. Gil, let's uh, take a look at some of your notes. Well, here, here's the thing. You, you mentioned the 429 speed. Uh, the question is, does he play to that speed? And the answer has been sometimes. Uh, you, you talked about last year, 2020, his junior year. He didn't have any interceptions until 2020 during his college career. But he did uh, improve in that area last year, uh, picking off four of them. Two of them returned for touchdowns. He, uh, one of the scouting reports I read about him indicated he's probably uh, best suited for uh, zone heavy defenses, which is what he's going to play in uh, Joe Barry's system in Green Bay. So that is a plus. And I mean, the, the tackling on running plays, as you mentioned, is certainly a question there are times when his technique, uh, he tends to be a little too grabby at the yes. line of scrimmage and press coverage. Uh, so that's something that he will probably have to work on with the secondary coaches and with the defensive coordinator and try to improve in that area. Um, essentially, and, and I know this is going to sound bad to a lot of Packer fans, but this is Kevin King 2.0 in some ways. A little faster than King, similar size, similar skill set in some ways. But hopefully, like any 2.0, it's an upgrade over the 1.0. And that that is, I think, 
uh, the way that that the Packers have to look at it, because mm-hmm. he, here is a guy who is still developing, who is still learning to he's play raw. the position. He's raw. He's a, he came out after a lot of physical, a lot of physical assets here, and he's raw. He needs some good coaching. Right. And, you know, it, it almost fits like a puzzle piece. If you think about it, you re-sign Kevin King to a one year, you know, deal with a lot of uh, with with which with voidable years to spread the cap hit out. But essentially, it's a one year deal. You let him start in 2021. You have Stokes play, you know, nickel or dime or or whatever, you know, contributions he's ready to make. And then in 2022, Stokes steps in and probably takes over as CB2. All right. That is an interesting prediction. I I think I'm going to go a little bit earlier. I think by the middle of this season, Stokes is going to be ahead of Kevin King on the depth chart. That would be great. PFF has a couple other notes here in their pros and cons. And a, a lot of it, you could simplify it down to he's raw, but has a lot of talent. Well-versed in press coverage, 400 such snaps the past two years. Um, not particularly fluid altering course, better in a straight line. Not much upper body strength. Jams can be swatted away. That one kind of concerns me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Georgia is going to miss Stokes in its secondary. He's been easily the most consistent corner in the SAC outside of Alabama's Patrick Sertan over the past three seasons. Let's head over to uh, the Draft Network. Take a look yeah. what they had to say about it. It wasn't pretty. No. You know what? We're not going to look at their draft. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I don't I don't have the Draft Network's uh, premium subscription. Do you? No, not the premium. Uh, All right. All right. Well, here we'll, we'll look at the we'll look at the freemium. Great, uh, great on him. <laughs> Ideal role outside only corner in sub package situations. Yeah, that's not what you want to see from your first round pick. His skill set is best suited in a predominantly zone scheme, which the Packers certainly are. Right. From 2019 to 2020, Eric Stokes has certainly improved at being more opportunistic with regards to securing turnovers. He can mirror from a press position, but he can afford to clean up his technique, particularly his eye discipline in man coverage and, here we go again, getting grabby at the top of the route. Mm -hmm. He has shown the ability to play in man or zone from a press and occasional off position, but he does not play to his high-level timed speed with his play. He's not a dynamic closer at the top of the route and lacks elite short area stop-and-start agility. His skill set may be best suited in a predominantly zone situation where he can play with vision and utilize his ball skills to make plays. Let me just point something out here. I think it's extremely likely that Eric Stokes was by far the best corner left in the draft when the Packers were on the board. Yes. I I think there's no question that the Packers had Greg Newsom, J.C. Horn, Pat Sertan, um, who am I missing? There's another one who was take, taking the first round, I think. Had all these guys ahead of him. And then Eric Stokes is the next best guy. I think that the NFC Championship game was pretty clear proof to LaFleur and Gutekunst that they needed help at corner. And they didn't want to have to rely on Kevin King. And we all we all knew that. I think that we spent quite a bit of time 
over the last month or two bracing ourselves to not take a corner because we thought, well, you know, what if they can't get a guy or what if they don't like, you know, one of the guys there or whatever. But we all knew corner was the most pressing need. Stokes mm-hmm. was the best guy on the board. Uh, I mean, they would have had to, I, th- I think the most recent corner who was taken was Greg Newsom. They would have had to given up at least a fourth round pick to get ahead and get Greg Newsom. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers also thought Greg Newsom might fall a little bit. And you look at some of the other awesome players still available in the draft at other positions. And they realized that that corner was about to be a position of dire need. And I think at times it was last year. And this was the only logical pick unless you're going to try and placate Rogers with the first round receiver. And most of those, you know, targets were off the board by the time we get to 29 also. So, you know, you would have had to have moved up to get it. And what I'm what I'm reasonably sure uh, probably happened is that there were probably three or four players when we got to 21 or 22. And as these players, you know, as the picks kept going, uh, Brian Gutekunst realized, you know what, if we stick at 29, we're going to get one of those three or four guys. They're still going to be there for us. Uh, and therefore, he did not trade up or trade back. And when basically Stokes fell, you know, to 29, that's the direction he finalized and went in. Honestly, I, I will just admit I'm I'm not crazy about this pick. I will probably change my tune by the time this uh, season starts. I will have watched a lot of tape on him. I'll, I've seen some of the plays that are going to get you excited about him. I will I will change my tune by then, I'm sure. As of right now, I'm not thrilled. I'm looking forward to uh reviewing this podcast in the future and going, "Oh, oh, oh could can you imagine there was a time where we didn't know how good Eric Stokes was going to be? Can you I mean, oh, what a what a freak he ended up being." Right. I'm looking forward to that. That that's going to be awesome. As of today, look. I I have to let our listeners in on something that Gil, you already know. I mean, th- this has not been a good day for me, obviously. And we still have to get into the Rogers thing. The Rogers thing sucks. I also, I am, I, w- I was not am. I was the world's biggest Justin Fields fan. And now he's a bear. Yes, I know. <laughs> and the lions took Penny Sewell. And if I, I forget who the Vikings took, but it was somebody really good. Darasaw, was it? I think so, yeah. They traded back and ended up with him, so. That was the thing, too. They traded, if they had taken him with their first original pick, you would have looked at it and said, yeah, it's great value for where you got him. But they traded back and they still got him. I'm just, man, mm, today is just not the day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I I wanted, I just wanted to go to bed. I didn't, I did not want to, um recorded podcast but now that we're doing it i'm feeling better and uh and always gil talking to you makes me feel better well thank you i i feel (laughs) the same and uh look i i think you got to give this pick time got to see look cornerback makes sense as as you said as a top priority for this team uh it was cornerback 
offensive tackle and wide receiver in that order in my mind as far as what they needed to do. Um, This was the best cornerback still available, and I guess there wasn't a player that was worth trading up for in Brian Gutekunst's mind to try to uh, that would have been that much more of a value that, you know, you come out ahead by giving up a fourth round pick or or more than that even. So, you know, it's, th- it's hard because a lot of the guys that I think you would have valued really highly like that went so early. Right. I mean, look, OK, look, let's look at some of the most recent picks. So we took Eric Stokes at twenty nine. Uh, we were not going to take Peyton Turner. Rashad Bateman, I I think the Packers probably didn't have Bateman on their board necessarily. Isn't he one of the shorter? Oh, no, he's 6'2". No, I'm thinking of um, Rondell Moore. I always get their names mixed up because they're so similar. I I think that if Rashad Bateman had made it, they might have taken Rashad Bateman. Mm -hmm. Greg Newsom was at 26. I think to move up to 26, you would have had to give up a a fourth-round pick. And I think at at 26 with the Browns on the board, I, I think that cornerback was not a real obvious need for the Browns compared to some of the other needs. Right. I think the Packers thought that uh, he was going to fall because, I mean, maybe the Saints take a corner. Maybe they were thinking about trying to trade up with the Ravens. But then you're looking at the Ravens and you go, well, you know, the Ravens probably don't want to trade because they want a wide receiver. They probably called the Ravens. Ravens probably were not interested because they figured that they and the Packers were both competing for that for Rashad Bateman. So, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I think uh, you would have had to trade with the Jaguars and, you know, getting up to 25 to to get uh, ahead of the of the Browns and the Ravens to take Bateman or Newsom. I, I don't know that, that I would pull the trigger on that because I'm looking at that and going, yeah, one of those two guys is probably going to fall to us. Right. I, I think that that was the thought process, that that once you got past 25, uh, it was kind of open and there were you know three or four players left who they were still interested in, and one of them was going to fall to them. And, and that player ended up being Eric Stokes. But uh, you know they, they weren't going to take Peyton Turner they weren't going to uh, take uh, Travi- uh, Travis Etienne, uh, who the Jaguars took at 25. These, these were not guys they were interested in. No. And then the Browns and Ravens came in. And, and you know, so many people were talking about Bateman. And, and you know, again, you need a trade partner. And I don't even know if, if the right trade partner was there at that point. All right. I, I just saw something that makes me like Eric Stokes. This is a tweet by Eric Stokes from... February of 2015. I just don't like Tom Brady at all. He says, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. All right. I'll, I'll, you, you can, you he, can be a Packer. <laughs> he, he, ju- he just went up a notch in your book. I understand. <laughs> and look, here's the other fact of the matter. This is what happens when you're a Super Bowl contender. You pick at the end of the first round. It's hard picking that late. You have to either trade up, or you got to take flyers on guys like Stokes who have a massive amount of physical talent, need some coaching. You got to rely on your coaches to do the job. And I like our our coaches. I think um, Jerry Gray is a phenomenal DB coach. Absolutely. I think I, that 
I, 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 I'm excited to see what he can do with Stokes, and I'm really excited for him to take the stand at the next time that we have a press conference with him and hear some of his thoughts on Stokes. Yeah, that will be interesting. And here's the other thing you have to keep into perspective. Everybody that, you know, there are times right after the draft is the worst time to evaluate the draft. You can't really do it. If you go back right now, and look at the 2018 draft where the Packers selected Jair Alexander after the multiple trades to get to that spot. There are players who were selected earlier than Alexander who are not half the player that Jair turned out to be. You don't know today what these players will be like in two or three years. So, you know, people can argue and speculate and say what they want, There were a lot of people who were upset when the Packers took Aaron Rodgers back in 2005 because we had Brett Favre and why do we need another quarterback and why, you know, we were a contending team. Why do we need to do that? And yet when he fell to us at what was it, 24, uh, you grab him and it turned out to be the right pick. We don't know at this point what this board is going to look like to people in hindsight after two or three years. And it is up yeah. to the coaching staff uh, to to coach him up and get him ready. And obviously the work ethic that Stokes brings uh, is going to be important as well. But, you know, you go back to that NFC championship game, the enduring image, unfortunately, is that touchdown right before the half. Oh, and yeah. this pick is designed to address that and prevent it from happening again. All right. Here's what we know. We still have nine picks left in the draft. Eric Stokes is a guy who flat out will not be held back by physical limitations. The guy has it all physically. He's a freak. It is up to the coaching staff and up to Eric Stokes himself to turn him into the weapon we need him to be. And by the way, Eric Stokes does not need to be our CB1. (laughs) He's going to be CB2. Right. So one last thing uh, here. This is from the draft Bible on Eric Stokes. Quick overview. Cat quick. Cat as in feline. Cat quick. <laughs> and you don't see that very often. You, you see like cat like reflexes a lot of time, but they just say cat quick. Right. With ideal length. Stokes has the physical profile to match up against a variety of body types and skill sets, which is great, by the way, because we have to play against the Vikings and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it is transitioning vertically or laterally, he's able to stay in phase well out of his breaks. Stokes has had several magnificent pass breakups during the last three seasons, playing through the man with high efficiency. He is incredibly pesky at the catch point, highlighting his competitiveness at the point of contact. Working on the vertical plane, Stokes can run with any wide receiver on the professional level. Yeah, at 429 speed, you better be able to. <laughs> Absolutely. And- In the run game, Stokes can be hit or miss. Still possessing an underdeveloped frame, he has shown some instances of missed tackles on film. The biggest knock now for Stokes is his ball skills. Failing to record an interception. This is an interesting thing for them to say. uh, Given some of the other red flags we had seen on the other uh, sites. Like, you know, they were all highlighting his grabbiness. Draft Bible is talking more about you know, that he's not much of a ball hawk. That's interesting to me. But he did in 2020 
he had four interceptions. So, you know, are are you going to really say that his biggest question mark is the thing that he addressed in 2020? I guess I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, you got to remember these are still, you know, teenagers or 20 year olds or 21 year olds at this point. Uh, and, and they do develop. And, and you know, the other thing is that that was mentioned uh, probably needs to add a little upper body strength. That is something yep. that, that yep. he can easily do. Especially as he gets older. Right. As he gets older, as he gets more mature, as the uh, strength and conditioning coaches work with him. So, you know, that doesn't scare me off too much as long as he's willing to work at it. Dude has a crazy good relative athletic score. At nine three eight, which the is something Bible, the Packers always look for, especially in the first round. Yes, draft draft Bible definitely thinks that uh, he was a first rounder, which is nice to see after how down on him PFF was. Look, okay. you know, depending on which games you watch, depending on you know what your priorities are, you're going to have different opinions of of guys than other people will. So. I, I I like that there is such a wide variety of opinions out there. Draft Bible liked him a lot more than PFF did. I'm okay with that. This is our newest Green Bay Packer. He's talking to the media right now. Uh, looks like he said that he was all smiles when he saw the Packers show up on his phone. Really excited that he uh, got drafted. Sounds like he's a good kid, too. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to get to know him. Excited to fall in love with uh, this young player. We do have to talk about Aaron Rodgers, though. Yeah, unfortunately. So, real brief overview for anybody, because this just happened within the last 24 hours of, of when this episode is going to air. Brief overview for anybody who missed it. Rodgers actually is unhappy with the Packers. It turns out that a lot of what the media was speculating about for the last year had some legs to it. So far, apparently he has told various people within the Packers organization that he does not want to play this year. He does not want to come back to green Bay in 2021. Really interesting point. He is currently one year into his (laughs) four year extension. Right. And his, allegedly one of his big concerns is that he doesn't feel that they are committing to him. I don't know that that really adds up for me in my head that you're only one year into your four year deal and you're worried about whether they're committed to you or not. But look, he's a superstar. He just won MVP. He proved that he is the best in the game. I think with that comes the right to have some demands and to, and to have some say in, how your career is being managed. And he clearly is unhappy with what the Packers have been doing. Um, The Packers sent CEO Mark Murphy, general manager, Brian Gutekunz and head coach Matt LaFleur out separately at different times, three different trips that we know of to fly out to California to meet with Rogers at his home, talk to him, try and hear him out and understand him and uh, talk him into coming back this year. And it's not in a good good place right now. I guess Gudikins was pretty upset that the story got leaked today. You have to imagine that the story was leaked by Rogers's camp, his mm-hmm. agent. Um, look, it's it. 
we, we can't sugarcoat it. It's not a good look. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know what you do here. Andrew Brandt, former Packers executive, uh, back during the Favre to Rogers transition, mm-hmm. recorded some of his thoughts today. And one of the things that he said, you know, just speaking really candidly, he doesn't believe that the Packers have done a good enough job of placating Aaron Rodgers, of, you know, primping his ego, talking to him, making him feel understood, making him feel important. He basically said, look, for three years, this was a major part of my job <laughs> was <laughs> I had to ma- manage relationships with Brett Favre and with Aaron Rodgers. Both 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 sides were frustrated. He said Brett was ticked off and he heard from Brett's agent basically weekly saying, man, do you know how much it sucks to come into work every day and sit next to your replacement? I don't like that. And then from Rogers side, obviously super frustrated because he's a first round quarterback and going, gosh, am I ever going to get to play? Is, is Brett ever going to retire? He's an iron man. He never misses a game. So Andrew Brandt is of the opinion that the Packers need to do more in the relationship department with Rogers. Um, let's look at what 2021 is going to look like. The The Packers are standing fast. They say they are absolutely not going to trade him. San Francisco called yesterday, Wednesday, because uh, we're recording this Thursday night. Actually, technically, it's Friday already. We're yes. after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco called on Wednesday. They wanted to make an offer. And both the Packers and the 49ers have said that Gutekunst basically just did not let the 49ers even make an offer. They just said, oh, you're calling about Aaron Rodgers. Nope, he's not not for sale and hung up. Mm-hmm. Both sides said that. Um, Gutekunst has been very on message from day one. He reiterated today that uh, the Packers remain committed to Aaron Rodgers, that he is their starter in 2021 and beyond. We also learned the Packers have been trying to restructure Rodgers. We've been asking that question for a while. Why haven't they restructured him to try and free up some cap space? Cap space. We learned today, I think this was courtesy of Tom Silverstein, that um, although they had auto-conversion language written into his contract, um, to do any of the bigger extensions, they did need Rodgers to sign off on it, and he was refusing to, and he wanted an extension, and so they offered him an extension, and then by then he was ticked off and said no, and apparently they've been working on an extension for the last month, and Tom Silverstein said at this point it's down to hurt feelings, and that's why Rodgers wants out. So... I'll let you go ahead and say your piece. We're, we're, it's it's not good. <laughs> no, it, it's not good. And look, I, I, I don't believe that this is a situation that is beyond repair yet. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Packers organization has their backs up against the wall because uh, we remember from 2017 and 2018 what this team was like without Aaron Rodgers. And it wasn't pretty. And while I think that the overall roster in 2021 is more talented than it was in 2017 and 2018, we're still looking at roughly an eight, 
win team, I think, uh, without Rodgers in the lineup. And if you're talking about going with Jordan Love, I doubt he's ready at this point. He's not even taken a preseason snap, let alone a regular season snap. And with Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers are one of the top five or six teams in the NFL contending for a Super Bowl on paper. Without Aaron Rodgers, if you go to Jordan Love right now in 2021, they are a team probably fighting to, you know, be above 500, which is now nine and eight, uh, you know, uh, with the 17th game being added to the schedule. But I, I, I just don't see any way that the Packers could allow Aaron Rodgers to hold out, to walk away, to disrupt the chemistry of this team. They've got to do something. They've got to do something quickly. And, you know, I I would be shocked if they do not draft a receiver and an offensive lineman on day two of this draft. The Packers have a great track record of round two wide receivers for sure. And we know that uh, we know that the strength of this draft class has always been its depth, not its top end talent. We've known that for forever. Mm-hmm. Second round wide receiver makes a lot of sense. I think uh, I think I think that's easy to pitch to Rogers too to say, look, Devontae was a second rounder. Jordy was a second rounder. We needed to get a top end cornerback because you saw what happened with Kevin King last year doesn't matter how great of an offense you have if the defense can't stop the other team in the biggest moments. We needed to address that gaping hole. And now, look, we have confidence in ourselves to find you a guy, find you a a big, beautiful weapon on day two. We have a great track record of that. You're going to love this guy. I could see that. And I also could see it being the Packers and them stubbornly picking something else and not taking a wide receiver and we're sitting there going, what is going on? (laughs) What do we do now? Like, I I just, I don't want to get all the audience. Like I don't want to get the audience's hopes up and get them sold on. Oh, well don't worry because it's all going to be fixed on Friday. No. And then, and then maybe it isn't just, that is a really plausible path. (laughs) <laughs> for it to happen. I just, you know, a, a year ago we were saying the same thing and saying, yeah, they'll get a wide receiver on day two. And, th- and then they didn't do that. And so we'll see. Look, I, I think this is going to take time. I don't think this is going to be, I don't think, I think what happens in day two and day three of this draft can help move things in the right direction or make them worse. But yeah. this isn't going to be solved in the next 48 hours. I would be shocked and if it was. One wide receiver is not going to do Jack to to mend the relationship here with Rodgers. If it has gotten to the point where it's so bad that he's actually saying these kinds of things publicly. Or rather his agent is letting things leak. Right. They're getting leaked publicly. publicly you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then there, there, there's some big damage and, and the Packers have a lot of work to do there. And we'll find out. I mean, Gutekunst is going to be taking the stand um, probably in, in, in a few minutes. And he's going to be talking about Eric Stokes. And obviously he's going to get asked about Aaron Rodgers. We'll learn some more then. And uh, over the next couple of days as well. Hopefully we will still get to talk to uh, Mark Murphy uh, here on No Huddle. Let's we'll see if... Uh, the Rogers news changes that plan at all, but uh, it'd be nice to get some information from him as well. And look, it, 
the Packers are not going to trade Aaron Rodgers this year. If they were going to do that, they would have done it before this draft. Well, whoever, I mean, look, listen, whoever you would decide to trade him to, they're not going to be picking in the top few picks over the next couple of years. They're going to be the back of the draft, whoever has Aaron Rodgers. So those draft picks are going to be a lot more useless. Whereas if you were, let's say that they had traded him to the Jets tonight, you're in a position where you can either grab one of the top quarterbacks if you really like them, grab a, a Trey Lance or, or Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or you could grab Penny Sewell and and restock that offensive line for um, Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. You could, if it was the Jets, you could get two first round picks from them tonight get another first or two firsts in the future. That is what they could have done. If they wanted to trade him this year, that's what they would have done. He's not getting traded in 2021, 2022, maybe, but Mm -hmm. on 2021, the question is, are they going to be able to get him to play this year? Uh, I don't know. I'm leaning about 70% toward yes, but there's, there are definitely questions in my mind. Well, here, here's the, the one word that you used in that last paragraph that I think needs to be talked about. They don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers this year. That goes without saying. The question is, do they get to a point where they have to trade Aaron Rodgers the, before right. the, the season starts, where he just says, you know what, guys, I'm not showing up. And then you get nothing for him and he sits and... Look, that hurts Aaron Rodgers' position, obviously, but for the Green Bay Packers to go into this season with Aaron Rodgers holding out where you get absolutely nothing for him and you watch your, uh, you know, Jordan Love probably struggle a little bit, at least at first initially, uh, according to all scouting reports that we've heard, that may be a situation where you don't have a choice and you have to trade him. What you said is absolutely true. They could have gotten maybe two first round picks from the Jets or maybe the 49ers did offer the third overall pick. Two 2021 as, first round picks. Huh? Right. 221, yeah. Two 2021 and, picks. And but, more or the, the future. Or the third pick from the 49ers in this year's draft. The answer is obviously that the Packers don't want to trade him yet, that they are trying to do everything they can to smooth things out with Aaron Rodgers and – you know, maybe all that speculation that sounded absurd about the Packers trading uh, Jordan Love before this draft and New England was supposed to be the big destination. Maybe yeah. that came out of the whispers that Aaron Rodgers was really could be. set up and and that to placate Rodgers, maybe they would deal Love uh, in, in order to smooth things out with with Aaron. But again, at this point, it's got to play out. And we'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll see what happens on Saturday. And at the end of the day, I think it's going to take weeks, maybe even, you know, we may not know until training camp comes what the situation actually is. And and I hope there's no holdout that goes beyond that. Okay, so uh, Kudikins did go ahead and make a statement. He was asked if there's any scenario where the Packers could trade Rodgers he's he was definitive no we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers uh he said obviously there are things that are hard sometimes I think you have to remember how much we want Aaron to be here he says the that Rodgers value to the Packers is immeasurable 
Uh, but he says, I do think he'll play for us again. He's our quarterback. He's our leader. We've been working through this for a little while now. I just think it might take some time. But he's the guy that makes this thing go. Mm-hmm. Look, Packers are staying on message. They, this is no different than what they've been saying. But but the ball is in Rogers' court. Um, the the pack the Packers have to make him happy in order for him to come back. And uh, Goody also mentioned that he has talked to Rogers today, and they have frequently, he says, been in touch for the past six to eight weeks. So this has been going on for a while. Uh, close to two months, and uh, the Packers have been publicly very much on on message the entire time. They're they're not interested in trading him, and I think if you're the Packers, I don't think there is any way where no no matter what compensation you get, especially now that this draft is over and and those early round picks that you know of are gone, there is no situation other than Aaron playing for you this year that I think is, is an acceptable outcome uh, for, for the, you know, leaders there in green Bay. No question. And, it, and if he doesn't play this year, it's a disaster for the Packers organization. Because if you think about it, if you look back at every move, this team has made during the off season, it is all about, we know the window may close in a year or two. And we, are, we believe in our roster and we are going to bring back as many of these guys as we can in free agency and then, you know, try to improve in the draft. And that is how we are going to take another crack at getting Aaron his second Super Bowl. Well, you know, you can't do that if you don't have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so uh, the blueprint, the, the the whole plan for what this team has been doing all off season all blows up in Brian Gutekunst's face if Aaron Rodgers is not under center when the season starts in September. There's no way. There's no other way to say it. it straightforward. Nope, could, it's a, could it's not a, have said better myself. It's a You're disaster for this franchise if Aaron Rodgers is not under center. Uh, you know, to start the season because everything you've been doing this off season revolves around the assumption that he's your guy. All right, we're not going to do a debate this week, but we would like you to weigh in and tell us what do you think about the Eric Stokes pick? And listen, you know, it for us, it's going to take a little while to really solidify our feelings. I I don't hate the pick. I I am optimistic about it. It's not probably who I would have picked. But you can take some time. You know, we'll we'll probably ask you again later down the road if your feelings have changed, but we want to hear how do you feel about the pick? Do you overall like it or are you disappointed? Really interested to get a gauge on uh, the the thoughts of our, our listeners. And that's going to do it for tonight. Gil and I are going to go get some dearly needed shut-eye. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, looking forward to talking to you again uh, next week. But that is it. That is our show for today. We'll be right back here. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. Or you can email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show. And thank you for listening. Until next time, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not